This podcast is brought to you by The Shift. Welcome to Sound in Space, the show that looks at the science behind the scenes. What movies got it wrong, what movies got it right, and the ones where it doesn't matter. And in this episode, we are looking at the facts behind some festive favourites. In the first of our Christmas specials. First off, Bill Murray's TV executive is about to meet three ghosts that might change him forever. But say you wanted to give someone a Christmas carol experience, how could you do that? Using plain old science. In this episode, you're going to find out. And then also, the best way of spreading Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. We are looking at the science of Elf. Frank Cross is more than the youngest network president in television history. Call security, have them change his locks and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. New Line Cinema presents the story of one elf who's coming home for Christmas. Boy. Can't wait to see my dad. We're, we're going to go ice skating and eat sugar plums. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to Sound in Space. I'm Andy Gaffney. I'm Shivy Hickey. And I'm Barry Fitzgerald. And welcome to our Christmas, one of our, we're going to do two Christmas themed episodes because we'll be back in January with a full, nice new run of episodes, but we just thought to get you over the Christmas period, we'd show you a few episodes. So in case you're stuck in traffic and you need a bit of company, imagine we're in the car with you. I'm in the front seat. If you're getting a bit tired, I'll lean over. I'll take the wheel. I'll get you home. Barry and Shiver in the back seat. They're mining your shopping. I get I get car sick now if I'm sitting in the back as oh, well. That's the other thing. Poor little poor. Yeah, I'll have to have an old bag there with me, or a paper bag, or. Right, I'm not you know, sitting in the back a, with him then. A bin. A bin. <laughs> this is uh, this is the delight that you have to look forward to. You're in the car with us now for the next for the next forty five minutes while yeah. we get you we get you home we get you home for the Christmas vomit free. Yeah. What we're gonna do in this episode is we're having a chat about some Christmas movies. Uh, to put the blame firmly on Barry's door, we said to him, what Christmas movies have a bang of science off them? And he said, well, there's two I can think of. The first one we're going to talk about, the classic that is Scrooged. Hello, Frank. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. Uh, why did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. Fine. Slap me in the face. But you kicked me in the wall. It's time to begin the journey. Dr. Barry Fitzgerald. Sorry, I I wish everyone could see Barry's face right now. Dr. Barry Fitzgerald, why did you pick Scrooged? I think Scrooge is a forgotten scientific classic in terms of the science that's in it. Because, guess what? It is a time-traveling film wrapped within an alternate reality film wrapped within a multiverse film. Which is three of the of the Sound it's, Space yeah. specials. Yeah. It's the ultimate past-the-parcel scientific Christmas film, right? Uh, and are we are we saying that for like because you know like your other Christmas classics like uh, obviously kind of the Christmas Carol the story in general you're talking it's a wonderful life yeah. are we throwing Ar- a bit of multiverse into all those bad boys Iron Man three another yeah. Christmas classic 
Um, are we saying there's multi? Yeah, I would say multiverse in all of those as well. Of course, yeah, it's wonderful well, life is a multiverse film. The, the the sequel wasn't it with Nicolas Cage, The Family Man? That was, was just a loose. That was just a loose remake. But I do like that movie. Never seen it, but that I would assume is also a multiverse film. This is a multiverse time travel alternate reality film. But what about the ghosts? The ghosts. Now there you go. And you can bring that into it too. I forgot that. Spot <laughs> on. Yeah, You've got your ghosts. You've got your ghosts in there as well. You've got everything. Well, I mean, we have covered ghosts before and what is a scientific explanation for ghosts. And I came up with that beautiful thing, which I'm still proud about, which I think Barry kind of politely kind of went, no, that's, that's a lot of bullshit, is when I was saying like, oh, maybe ghosts are people leaking in from multiverses because our world isn't ready to let them go yet because that, that was beautiful and romantic. And then Barry was like, nah, mate, that no. is, I feel that like, is not true. I feel like Barry just wants to say no to all of your suggestions. Like, Andy, I just, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, where is his I know, scientific basis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Christmas though, so he can. Give him something, give him something yeah. today. Uh, I will. I'll, be, I'll 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 give him a nice present, Christmas present, Christmas science present. Ooh, but okay. it's not going to be a ghost leaking in from the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we should set up. Okay, let's. I know, I'm sure you know. Let's set up Scrooge. So Scrooge was uh, 19, 1988 Richard Donner movie. Well, which was a retelling of a Christmas Carol, but where Bill Murray has an uh, you know network TV executive who is going to meet. Some ghosts. Can he turn his life around? We'll find out. It just feels like more of an aggressive Groundhog's Day, actually, when you're watching it again. Well, this is my this is my this is my problem with the film is that you know I think it's I think it's fine. It's fun. I love Bill. It Murray. is love... more than fine. It is a Christmas classic. Oh yeah. Okay. Look, but but I think I think everything <clears throat> that it does, all the really really good things that it does, I think Groundhog Day does better yeah, but is, and sweeter but, and nicer but is that not down to the fact that bill murray is cast in both and he just oh, yeah, he I just think, plays yeah. bill murray in both because even and, he was an exec yeah. a tv executive person not tv reporter yeah, person in groundhog's day and then he's working in tv again it was just kind of like i wonder i wonder what the film could have been like with a different actor and i love scrooged like absolutely love it but when i was watching it again after like loving it for years i suddenly went Oh my god, this is Groundhog Day. Well, Bill Murray was kind of like had kind of kind of gave up a bit on Hollywood before doing this. He was very much kind of like, I look, I'm sick, I'm done. I think he was a bit broken by the big big blockbusters. I think you know the failure of Ghostbusters two kind of hit him, and he was like, look, I'm kind of done. So Donner really had to put in a kind of a very much kind of a charm offensive to get him to star in a movie because one again he didn't think he was a movie star either he just thought he was part of a, a comedian in ensemble films but this was very much you know not so much a rom-com but this was kind of like tom hanks era kind of stuff yeah. where you're starring in a you're starring in a movie and kind of like yeah. a romantic lead in a film and it's very hard to not be distracted by the fact that um the love interest i can't remember her first name but hamilton is her second name every time i see her i'm just like raiders of the lost ark raiders of the yeah, lost ark Ra- yeah, yeah 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 i'm just like raiders of the lost ark every time i see her every single time she's, she's the most charming yeah the most charming person she, she's so cute she's so lovely she really is and very kind of sweet in this movie because like there's none of the kind of like um uh, she can add. You can do. She can handle herself yeah. in this, in this, in this film. So before we dive into the science of Scrooge, Siobhan, mm. Siobhan Hickey, mm-hmm. writer supreme. Yes. Christmas movies. Mm. What give us? What makes a great? What makes a great old Christmas movie now? Well, you need nostalgia. You need a little bit of magic. That doesn't go wrong. 
Um, let me see. What else was there? Hope. Redemption. These are all sprinkled throughout all of the Christmas movies. Even, dare I say it, Die Hard. But they, these are sprinkled throughout all of them. And to some degree. And if you throw them all together, then you get a Hallmark film. But if you want a really good film, then you know how to work them out. But it's those are the main things that are within a Christmas film. Redemption is a big one, though. Because I guess yeah, it's something we all kind of want at Christmas time. Yeah. Isn't it? We all want a bit of redemption. Yeah. And the hope and the magic. And there's the family aspect of it is usually a big part of it as well. Like, these are the things that make a great Christmas movie. So what if you left all of those out of a Christmas film? Would it be a Christmas film? Well, a Christmas film, I guess, is anything set at Christmas. But what makes a good Christmas film? Yeah. Question. Well, these also make bad Christmas films. But you see, like, but you see, you have to remember as well that not all Christmas films that we view now were actually Christmas films. Miracle on 34th Street, it, uh, the one released in 1947, that was actually released in the summer. So that wasn't even released at Christmas. But because Santa is in it and kind of the hopes and stuff, then that makes it a Christmas movie. But it was released during the summer. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So there's a little fact for you. And plus you need something that's kind of like, you need a bit of repetition. You need something that, you know, I think it's going to be tricky for a new movie to become a Christmas, a Christmas yeah. classic. I think probably the last movie that became a Christmas all timer was Love Actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. Oh no, The Holiday. The Holiday came after. Oh, did it with, yeah. with Jude Law yeah. being... I love The Holiday. Oh, it's oh, so good. Oh, I love I it. I have not seen The Holiday. Oh. I can't remember why. Oh, wait. It looks stupid. That's what I <laughs> the holiday is lovely. So Scrooged, and you can dangle in a bit of Christmas Carol, that story in general throughout it. But so give us the science of the, the essential premise is that there's a man needs to change his ways and he's visited by three ghosts. So give us the science behind, behind that. Well, what's, what's very interesting about this is that Charles Dickens... When he wrote the original, he did introduce the concept of time travel in this story. And and the, the first time travel, dedicated time travel story, I think was written at the end of the 19th century. It wasn't um, The Time Machine. There was a story before that, which the title of it, which I can't remember. But when you think about Dickens here, he introduced the ghost of, of, of a few, the future. So, and, and, and he had this character traveling to the future so in fact this might have been one of the first lit literature pieces that had time travel embraced in it now there's no explanation of how it all takes place it's just in there but i i disagree with this statement because even though it's the ghost of christmas future it is the ghost of a possible christmas future so i would have said less than time travel that would have been more alternate reality if you don't change your ways well, then that's a very good point because then you're delving into Charles Dickens' Inventing. interest in the multiverse. Because suddenly, he once you once you look at an alternate reality, you're looking at a possibility in the multiverse. He could have picked any one of infinite possibilities, and this is what he looked at, and that's what Frank Cross, I think that's the character's name in Scrooge, in he sees one possibility of how his life could evolve. I guess there was a whole lot of other ones which are really bad. So the ghost of, of Christmas Future just says, here you are, here's one of these bad possibilities. I'll show you this one and this might right you and fix your, fix your ways. The present and the past are, uh, are obviously easier to, for him to process because he's experienced it already and then the present is what is happening now. And which actually goes against the, 
the whole premise of time travel. It's easier to travel to the future. We're already in the present. It's, you know, for, for the want of a better word, almost impossible to go to the past. So let's 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 take it back, right? Say you are. Uh, oh, I love Andy's scenarios. Say you are a dinosaur, right? Is <laughs> right, that it? right? So right. Say, okay. I'm say I'm a, a guy that needs to change his ways. You know. Yeah, you do. Say yeah. Say I'm a guy that needs to ways, and Barry is my wronged partner in life. You are what's his what's the character's name? Uh, Marley. You're my Jacob Marley. Okay. You are going to be using your all your knowledge of physics to use that to change my ways, okay? So let's do the three ghosts here and how you could do them in reality. Shiv is obviously going to be the ghost of Christmas present, but... Sorry, who's, so, who's, who's Jacob Marley again? They're Marley You're and Jacob Marley. 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 Ooh. Oh my, what? You, ha- you have no wrong. soul. Yeah, Marley is the wrong partner. Not in Scrooge. Not right? in Scrooge. Look, we're breaking open. Yeah. We're breaking up. We're just we're just throwing in a Christmas Carol yeah. now. Okay. See, oh, here you we know go. the Muppets. Yeah, you know the are. Muppets Christmas Carol. You know the yeah. two chaps yeah. who come back and they tell yeah. them the Wall- yeah. one of them. Wallop and Stadler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Marley. Yeah. Okay. So right. Marley is the wrong partner. So say I have screwed you out of half the rights for Sound and Space or something like that. You know, and you have gone to your grave as an angry, angry young man. Okay. Half the rights. There's three of us. Yeah, but you're like, look, I'm a woman. We don't count. (laughs) So you are going to be using your physics brain and all the knowledge that you have got over the years in order to give someone the Christmas Carol experience. Okay, so let's break it down, ghost by ghost. Okay, break it down now. How are you appearing to me first to make yourself look like a ghost? Go. I will be will be dressed in a costume that. It will be a period costume. I'm thinking something around the mid 16th, no, 17th century, something that Isaac Newton might have worn. And what could you use? What could you use, right, insides to make you look a bit more ghostly? I would just cover myself in cobwebs and. What about a hologram? Yeah, I'm sure they could use... do something like that. I mean, if they can bring use... Tupac back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, did they BTS bring him back? Well, they didn't bring him back, did, but you know what I mean. Did, yeah. I mean, to make yourself look more ghostly, I think you could use a volumetric display. Would actually be a very good. Uh, look at this, right? Do you know what, lads? You want to bring it in? I'm bringing it in the checklist, right? <laughs> but I have. Uh, it's gonna be a different type. It's gonna be a Christmas checklist, right? So we are doing the three ghosts checklist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So step one. Step one is you appearing to me. Okay, yeah. that's and all he wanted for Christmas. Dress in Isaac Newton's clothes via a volumetric display. Which right. Is like so, what was the thing you said? Volumetric display. Wait, what's that? Volumetric display is a fancy. It's like a fancy hologram. What you do is you use a small, tiny particle, and you move it very quickly through in in, a, in an area of space with a laser. And what you can do then is you can create moving images with this as opposed to a hologram but holograms it's normally you can only really create a static image so you can have something that is just simply an image a picture that looks like it's a hologram but with this volumetric display you could use it to create moving images in three dimensions that look like you're in 3d oh kind of like hey look at this look at this kind of like what uh mysterio did 
in Spider-Man 2. Oh, well, well oh, in, I was thinking Spider-Man. more Princess Leia coming out of RTG2. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. That would be more like it, yeah. Far from home, <laughs> there's far from home. There's a lot going on there. There's drones and yeah, it could be yeah. we'll green, green screen work and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Right, so you appear. So we have you. That is checked. Yeah. Barry is appearing to me as a ghost without me knowing that you are. You could make me believe you're a ghost, you think, with this. I could, yeah. Yeah, okay. no bother at all. No better right. vocal. But is that because no, it's Barry. Andy? Yeah, I guess it's probably going to be. I'm probably going to fall this Christmas. I'm probably falling off the wagon. Yeah. You're saying that the, the first ghost that's going to be visiting me is the ghost of Christmas past. Past. So how are you going to get Shivy Hickey to show me my past? You would try and, and extract memories of traumatic events from the person's from the person's brain can you do and that one well one one way to do that it could be to use mri scanners to scan the brain and to expose someone to something that might be a traumatic event and figure out what part of the brain has been activated and then use some sort of you know verbal or or, or visual approach to try and drag out those a deep down set events in relation to something that was traumatic in the past. Or you could just get someone who knows the person really well. I think we could save you a few bob here. Well, I mean, that means you I mean that kind of gives away that's that's kind of like a cheap old cop out on the old ghosts, isn't it? Here I am a ghost, but oh, I know nothing about you, so I've brought in your friend well, no, here. No, no, yeah, the ghost this is, is your life. Yeah. The yeah, ghost Johnny, is Look, I brought in Michael Aspel with the This Is Your Life <laughs> book, you know, and some other Johnny Rando who says they met you a few times. Right, okay, we'll go back Well, we'll go back to your fancy science one, okay? Look, Shiv has extracted the memories from my brain, which you claim yeah. to happen. Okay, yeah. right. Using How MRI, is uh, MRI scanners and figuring out the... You'd have to do a bit, to be a bit of tuning to do with this now. I keep looking at a... a that's a, it's a longitudinal study you're looking at three to 12 months to do this That's properly like, fascinating. You know, this isn't an overnight thing like you know a, a yeah, couple of hours yeah. but we're giving that a tick anyway we're giving that a tick yeah well it's a long study like you know <laughs> yeah, we're pushing yeah. the boundaries of it though let's be honest about it okay that is that is sound in space we push boundaries yeah, yeah, that's what we, we do. do. We push yeah. them beyond the realms of anything that could be even remotely possible. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, baby, Christmas. Yeah. Right. How is Shiv taking me back in time? The show, I'm not, not saying she doesn't have to take me back in time because she needs, I just need to see me being an aerosol, which frankly, pick a, pick a time. So what you want is the ghost of Christmas past to be some sort of hypnotist. Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh, that's not, that's, that's good. So you as a now, scientist, you believe in oh. hypnotism. Oh, yeah. Hypnotism, yeah. Uh, well, I don't believe in hypnotism, but what you're looking for is you'd have to have. Uh, that's why the MRI stuff would be useful because you can figure out how to how to properly get someone to revisit traumatic events by monitoring how their brain responds to a traumatic event that's ongoing, and then figure out well what part of the brain said memories mm-hmm. might be stored in. I'm just this is all conjecture here. So for anyone who is involved in doing MRI studies on the brain and is listening to me, or if you're on, a ghost, if you're a ghost <laughs> listening, or I mean, or the latter, which is highly unlikely, having to be a ghost <laughs> who's listening to this and going, "Oh, that's total rubbish." <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> then, yeah, total conjecture here on my part. So, right, but so right, so she was hypnotizing me. With the knowledge, with prior knowledge, Gui- guided, guided guidance. Next one, tick, tick, tick. Andy's right. loving Ticking this. You're making him so there, happy Andy. today. Yeah. yeah, right. So our second ghost, the ghost of Christmas present, probably quite so, easy to do. Yeah, it's actually simple, just, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just, just, walk, here. just here, show me what you do during the day. I'll follow <laughs> you around. And... 
Ghost Christmas present is that it's frankly you having a, a day off. Basically, you could have anyone do that with you. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, yeah, right. And here we get to Barry's favorite now. Yeah, the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, we can't travel forward in time. Yeah, but there's, po- there's problems there getting back. Oh right, 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 yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. So how are you? How are we doing this? Right, who are you picking? Just guy in the cloak, really. Just well, I mean, doesn't have to be. I mean, you're just going off what's in the in the film. Why why can't it be some sort of a robotic technology that's been programmed and controlled by some external operator? Mm. Why does it have to be a, a lad in a black cloak or a, a, a character in a black true. cloak? This is true. Oh, so, look at Barry rewriting death. Right, so the, to do it, to phys- the physical transport to the future, yeah, forget that, that's not happening. Um, uh, <laughs> because you need, you know, an old fast rockets or wormholes and things like that or to fly around a black hole for an extended period of time. Well, all I, need, all I need to do is then see a multiverse. So or what you could do, I, yeah. call in your good buddy, Dr. Stephen Strange. So there is no possible way of accessing a multiverse right there. Well, I mean, to, no, 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 it's quite simply no. But if you want to show the possibilities of what the future could be like, you could use some, some external sources such as uh, stimulants that could be uh, drip fed in different amounts. And different stimulants, of course, give different perspectives. True? Right. So you're, you're, your three ghosts are essentially either hypnotizing or drugging me. <laughs> That's it. No, no, no. They're hypnotizing you. They're just walk, walking just around. With you. He's she, just, she, he's she just described. You've just described the ghost of Christmas future as like Back to the Future cross with like fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's the ghost of Christmas Cage future is just a ladder electric picnic. <laughs> so what are we? What are we given then? What are we given? A scientifically accurate Christmas Carol out of ten. So, so mm. like, I'll run through it right. First ghost can happen with your fancy projector. Done. Yeah, fancy projector. Yeah, nice Tip. fancy projector. Yeah. <laughs> Second one, hypnotism and memory extraction. Shiv is extracting my memories. Done. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a difficult process. Longitudinal studies. That's what you need. Tick, tick, tick. And the third one, Ghost of the Future, multiverse. That's where we hit. We hit difficulty. Yeah. That well, that's where you hit ex- extreme difficulty, given that oh. we've yet to, we've yet to travel and access the multiverse. Be a waste of a lot of time, wouldn't it? If you kind of got like two to three ghosts and you're like, oh, yeah, show me the future, it's going to change my ways. The, and then you're like, no, not happening. Then. In the words of Meatloaf, no, two out of three ain't bad. Really. Oh, yes. There you go. Two. I mean, the other way to see your future is to see how somebody else dealt oh. with change. Yeah, it's similar, basically similar like, to yourself. here is a documentary about Hitler. All right, if you don't change your ways, <laughs> yeah. this is you. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I mean, that's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is you take the person and you look at the variables in their life and you you then look perhaps at history where there could have been an individual, not that particular individual who you mentioned, wouldn't really align with Andy's lifestyle. and Okay, Stalin then. Well, yeah. also, also, I don't think would align with... I'm thinking about someone who's made some serious errors and misjudgments but has 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 crashed and burned the Irish government <laughs> the Irish government circa around the, the yeah the, the recession yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the the glass the last 2008 2009 yeah, yeah you're getting closer to knitwear wise yeah that's yeah. it yeah I do enjoy yeah. a bit of knitwear yeah um, I mean we have I mean look you have gave us the science of the three ghosts which is what we're after we have right. crashed vehemently <laughs> off of, of off of Scrooge so 
So we're not talking about Frank. What I mean, the, the, the thing about it as well is this. Now, let's ask. Let's bring it back now to Shiv. Was Frank Cross's redemption realistic? I I imagine had this gone forward because it was all so rapid. Like, let's just say we talked about Groundhog Day. And when we did the episode, like that was realistically, that was years and years and years and years and years of work on him as a human being to get to the point where he got. Whereas this happened in one night and they had made him such an a-hole that I think this would be a temporary thing personally, because I don't think he had that goodness. I don't think he had enough goodness in him to continue. He didn't have history. He didn't have history of goodness. Yeah, yeah. Like the only time you saw him as a nice person was with Claire. But you know what? You can't rely on another person to make you be a better person. You have to be a better person than yourself. So as soon as she was yep. gone, he reverted right back to who he was. You know, so, you know. Which which I love about Groundhog Day is that it's the whole point of like, I know I know the idea is that it was a thousand years, but it's that, it's that, uh, I think it's Buddha idea that it takes an entire lifetime to change a lifetime. Mm. You know, that, that he had... Um, he had a lifetime to change his lifetime but maybe if just kind of a ghost turned up at you at Christmas time and went here lads wakey wakey yeah it's probably it's... but could the shock no. give you, could the shock of but, seeing the ghost kind of go would... like oh, I better fly straight here boys but that would be just like for example I've had all these dental issues right for example I've ended up having to get like I've had so many abscesses abscai whatever they're called ended up having to get an implant thousands and thousands and thousands of euro right dentists saying eat less sugar Right. I don't eat sugar for maybe six months then. But then I go back on the sugar. Do you know what I mean? So you can get like even from a health scare, you can get that like smokers. How many smokers get that shock to their health and then go back on them? So it's kind of, you know, so it's it's a lot more than a fright he would need for that to actually last. I don't I genuinely don't believe he would have stayed a good person. Because I think he was fundamentally broken. I wonder if they'll make Scrooge too. The re-redemption. You love a good sequel, don't you? You do. I do. I yeah. Sequel, yeah. Like, like the sequel to Terminator Two. <laughs> Terminator Two, Two. <laughs> That's just happened. So, do we think that counts for all the Christmas Carol Scrooge characters that you probably couldn't change? You know, mm. overnight. I, I, I think it depends on the telling of the Christmas Carol. You know, I think it de- it depends on it. Like, I mean, for example, let's go Muppets Christmas Carol. That Scrooge was good, you know, when he was younger, you know. So he was a good person. And then through all these things that happened, the work kind of taking over and losing his partner, and then he became miserly. So there was that part of him that was a good person that could come back. Whereas this film went so far into he is an obnoxious ass, they couldn't bring him back. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Well, thankful, Harry. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't. And that song, the breakup song. Uh, oh. Do you know that? I've got a scarf right here. Oh. I've got a scarf. But I, I loved, I loved the song in the film, Scrooge, um, with with uh, Al Green and Annie Lennox. <clears throat> For me. <laughs> For anyone who is listening right now, Andy has just put on a scarf. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grimm. Okay, Barry, what did you choose? <laughs> what did you choose to be your second scientifically 
containing Christmas film. Elf. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! There is a minuscule amount of technology featured in this film, enough to to basically justify talking about it. Because oh, look at this. Yeah. You're obviously the, talking the, about the maple syrup and the spaghetti, yes? I think that would be absolutely lovely. Ooh. I mean, I was watching him when he was eating for breakfast when he was at, at his father's house. He had, what was it, spaghetti and maple syrup, and then he was putting marshmallows and chocolate in there. It looked absolutely divine. I mean, think what he's getting in there. That is an ultramarathon's dream, that kind of, of food. Uh, apparently, Will Ferrell had, like, just a heap of migraines because of the diet contained in this film, because he committed. So he was eating he was eating dinner like um, Buddy was eating, mm. and he just was getting incredible incredible migraines from the amount of sugar. Like, look, my, my, I think my, it was from the spaghetti. Yeah, my biggest issue with this film was, so it, the film starts and it goes, um, no human has ever set foot in Santa's workshop, right? Well, that is until 30 years ago. Am I to believe that Will Ferrell was 30 in this film? <laughs> yeah, he does. I bit. mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his reasons for his reasons for turning down, apart from the fact it was rubbish, his reasons for turning down Elf Two was like, oh, I feel him a bit, a little bit. You know, you really want to, you wouldn't want to see Buddy as an old man. Like we just saw Buddy as an old yeah. man. <laughs> to be fair, mate. Yeah, and you'd be seeing him in a different light. You'd be seeing him as a father as well. Yeah, and you know, maybe you his know. son wants to wants to not be a part of this, and you know, it kind of. I think there could be a good story to be told with Elf Two. The Elfening or whatever Barry's about to say. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say Elf 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do, Barry, that'll do. That'll do, yeah. Elf, that'll do. <laughs> Here's a question I have about the science in Elf. Or something I was kind of wondering about Elf, right? Is yeah. So he is 100% human. He's not Elf at all, yeah? No, he's yeah. 100% human. He's, so why yeah. can you throw the snowballs very fast? And do all because of his he's... design things really fast. Yeah, because yeah, obviously he's, he's received expert training. I mean, think oh. about it. It's all about it's all about the environment in, where, in which you're brought up. And he was also it's not like he went for a two week course when he was 39, <laughs> which is how old he is in this film. I think in real life uh, to become an elf. He grew up in that environment. He was formed by that environment. That was his experience. That's what, all the things he knew and what uh -huh. he what he learned about for his entire life. Look at this. It's like nature versus nurture. This is um I think this is more about. The environment, the people that you learn, who you're around, what they, how they, how you interact with them, the things you, you see every single day. Same, it's it's the same about learning a language. You're going to be fluent in a language if you're brought up with that language, and people can be accused that they're never fluent in a language that they learn in in adult adult life. People can be very good at it, but they'll never be fluent because they lack that that grounding from the age of zero in learning that language. I mean, there are people who will argue against that statement. I'm sure there will be. But in his case, he's grown up there. That's what he knows. So he's he's looked at other people around him are doing it. And then why wouldn't he be that. like that then? I didn't I did not expect uh, Barry to come to defences for like uh, for throwing snowballs. It all was very unnatural, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> he's kind of like, maybe... Three ghosts have visited Barry. 
and yeah. be like, just give him something. <laughs> Say yes. It's just because he. He he won't sleep over the Christmas light. <laughs> yeah. He'd just be waking poor old Brita Gaffney. She'd be trying to get the turkey on. He'd be like, nah, look. look it's, any of this, it's any of this shit, real. Yeah, I, I need science. I need some science in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there yeah. you go. How about that? There you go. How about that now? Solid. That's a solid answer, right? That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, Siobhan, what was your, what's your feelings on Elf as a, as a Christmas Do you know song? what? I loved it. And then I rewatched it again for this podcast and I found it tedious. I went the other way with it. I, for some reason, never warmed to Elf 100%. And I liked it a lot more watching maybe, I, I don't know, but I just, I just liked it a lot but more. But shout out to Peter Dinklage in it. Yeah. Uh, Bolivar Trask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And great in it as well. He is great in it. Yeah. He's only in it for about, what, five minutes. Yeah, but he has a huge kind of like, if I think about who, who was in Elf, I think Will Ferrell, Zoe Deschanel and Peter Dinklage. So it's a huge kind of a, it makes a huge impact. James Can, James Can is in it, of course, as well. And the kid, and the kid, of course. Probably the movie where everyone fell in love with Zoe Deschanel for the first time. Yeah, but it? you wouldn't. But a lot of people didn't realize it was her. Mm. You know, because it's it's only after a lot of people realized it was her. The sleigh, the sleigh, the sleigh. No, the sleigh. Obviously, it's the flying sleigh. That's a big thing here in this. You know, mm-hmm. how so, so tell us fly. about Christmas cheer and how that makes a sleigh fly. Christmas for everyone cheer. to hear. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's yeah. let's do Christmas cheer cheer one on one. Great to have a good positive atmosphere around Christmas. Yeah, bit yeah. of cheer, bit of singing, bit of laughter, pulling the crackers, having a bit of a laugh, then getting someone else to clean up afterwards. That's the great Chris. That's the Christmas dream for many people. Well, actually, that whole thing about like positive. Oh, look at this! Look at this! I'm I'm, I'm about to land this baby. I'm about to land this. <laughs> Land uh, you remember the Krypton Factor? You know when they used to land the airplane in the simulator? That's what I'm about to do. I'm about to score a 10 out of 10 in the Krypton Factor, right? Here I'm about go. to land this bad boy. Self-praise right? is no this, praise This is here. a whole you know other that, level right? of nerd for me. I've no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know in Ghostbusters 2, right? <laughs> do you know in Ghostbusters 2 where they have the ooze? Yes. You know, they have the slime. And they ch- and because it reacts to... Oh, because we covered this. Yep. It reacts to negative energy. And at the end, it reacts to positive energy. Okay? Yep. So, we I, I can't remember if we said it wasn't possible or not possible. <laughs> so, can positive belief... <laughs> can positive belief in something cause a change in its makeup, in its physics? Essentially, can... Christmas cheer, <laughs> can Christmas cheer do the sleigh? You know, gotta wake me at the end. There. I got so excited. You are a w- yeah, no, forget it. Now, okay, right. Let, let let's 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 do a bit of a. I'll come up with a counter argument that won't completely obliterate your point. Uh, this is what might be the case. So positive cheer and negative cheer, right? They now I don't know this, so I haven't analysed sad sad songs or happy songs but what you do know about sad songs is they're normally played in the minor key and you do know about happy songs they're normally played in 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 the in the main 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 key you know so you know the a's the g's but then you have d minor a minor in the sad songs so there's a different frequency associated with sad and happy songs yes because the wedding march and the funeral march are essentially the same song yeah, there you go. But Look, at that. Diff- Look at that. A, Look at different- you driving over Christmas. Listen to this. You're not going to get that. You're not going to so, get that. Listen to Liveline. So it's a different note. It's a different note. So the song they played in Ghostbusters 2 to get the Statue of Liberty to walk all the slime, was that was a very powerful um, 
you know, not a minor chord. Okay, definitely not. And and it was the root note. That was it. Boom, lovely, lovely and powerful stuff. So the the, the freak. I I think it could come down to the frequency. Now, whether or not then you could collect said frequencies from sounds, because if it's singing and it's a joyful song, then there'll be joyful frequencies. Collect those frequencies and create a device that has some way of harnessing the energy carried by the sound waves that is at that particular frequency that you could use it perhaps to charge a device that may be associated with flying the sleep. Are you saying it's possible? Is, is this... I'm not saying it's is possible. This a- I make it... I have just come up with this right now. Okay? That's very good. It sounds like you're saying okay? it's possible. I didn't you say it's possible, You no. convinced me. But, I mean, it's about getting enough of that. So if you can get enough of those those frequencies that are able to be detected and harnessed and can resonate, let's say, with something that's on the sleigh, perhaps there's some sort of a crystal in there that can resonate, and then you can take the sound waves, use it to turn into vibrational energy, and then convert that vibrational energy into, yeah, some electrical energy. So is this kind of along the lines, you know the way you see it in cartoons or whatever, when uh, the note, the pitch gets so high it can break glass? So it's yeah, that kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Obviously, you don't want the glass to break. Yeah. That's when the frequency of the node matches the natural, natural resonant frequency of the material. And when that happens, then it breaks. You've seen it in bridges as well. There's been bridges as well that have a, a resonant frequency, and then a storm has passed through, or uh, there's been an event, and suddenly the bridge starts to do this. It starts to resonate and oscillate because its frequency, its natural frequency, actually matches the frequency of... Whatever that event is, it could have been uh, a storm, wind, could have been an explosion, whatever, that went off close by. Something so- very beautiful about that, isn't yeah. it? If you, could, if you did have it, if you had something that could only work when people are happy, there's something very beautiful in that. Yeah. You wouldn't want it to be like an out life support machine or something like that, but if you, could ha- you, you had something that only worked when people were happy, something very beautiful in that. That is, that's certainly something that can, it's possible. We know, know this from songs. You have the, the sad songs with the minor key, and then you have the happier songs, uh, which are in a different key altogether, not minor. And then, you know, collect those notes. You're looking for those frequencies. And, and Christmas songs, they're not sang with minor keys, are they? It's not like you're singing um, Merry Christmas in a minor key. Well, what was the song in Elf at the end? Oh, you, you better, better watch out. You better not yeah. cry. Yeah, better watch out. Yeah, one second. I'll do an old check. I don't. I think it might be in G. my guess. Why. I mean, you can change it around, but I'm thinking about what's the what's the key for that. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, while he's while he's looking at that, you up, can make that really the, creepy. I think. Yeah, I think it has. I think yeah. that's been turned into creepy things. Yeah. Before, you know yeah. that song. Yeah. Key, key a G, as I said, G. You can go with G for Santa Claus coming to town. And that's uh, a, is that good? That's a main, but, yeah, yeah, it's a grand old chord, yeah, grand old yeah. key, you know, sorts <laughs> suits you down to the ground like you know, handy outs. I'm just looking at it here now on ultimateguitar.com. Um, handy song to play as well, easy out. We are not sponsored by the University of Limerick or Handy Guitar. I don't work at the University. No, but of you mentioned them earlier, so I was just like, <laughs> I, I'll mention my the University. This man, of work, this yeah. man is the University of Limerick. <laughs> Uh, well, that's definitely not true because if I was, I'd be getting grants from the government. I work in the Netherlands at another university, Eindhoven University of Technology. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Yeah. 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 I've seen Barry perform. He's very good. If you want to book him, 
Sound handy. Now, you better be more explicit about what type of performing I'm doing. I think you could put your hand in anything. I think you're a talented man. Also, please be more explicit about uh, after that said additional statement. Yeah, yeah, you're a musician as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, can we backtrack there? Andy's referring to my presenting skills. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. I've seen him entertain a room. H- held a room in his hand. And then we have a room of kids. And they're tough audiences. Yeah, about the science of Spider-Man. About the science of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is more stuff you can look forward to in our new second series, which will be coming in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there'll be there'll be a lot of Spider-Man pondering for sure. Uh, there will be because he'll be all heading out. He'll be all heading out now to be watching uh, Spider-Man. S- Spider-Man. No way home. No way home. Call over the Christmas. Yeah. yeah, over the Christmas. Yeah. Um, so, anything else before we move on? Anything else on Elf? Well, the the thing is, that's the flying off the cheer, but then they have a rocket propulsion system on the bottom oh, of it. Right. Now, I would oh. I would be shying away from that. To be honest, I would say. That's not really a sustainable approach towards flying a sleigh around the planet, given the current uh, global climate change issues that we're dealing with and, env- and environmental aspects and pollution. Yeah, and there's a lot of like aeronautical engineering going on there. And like my father was an aeronautical engineer and it was like, I don't think Buddy had that much training to fix that engine. Well, I, do you know what? I suppose Sandy's thousands of years old, so that's where I always kind of... Well, I'd say, he's, I'd say he's topping 400, 400 odd years. He's only he's only been at the old deliveries Well, St. Nicholas has been around. St. Nicholas has been around, but but Santa Claus has stepped into the breach there around the 16th, 17th century in North America as it all started out. And that's where he started his deliveries. And of course, it expanded over the years to the world and many parts of the world. I'd say he's three or 400, 400, more than 400 years at it anyway. Yeah. Where can we get your Christmas book? You can get it at bwscience.com. It's Secret Science of Santa Claus. And it has loads of scientific tidbits in relation to Santa Claus's miraculous journey around the world on Christmas Eve. And it is worth every penny. Great little stock of filler. Great little stock of filler. Um, Great for any time of the year. Yeah, because if you're ordering this now, it's not going to arrive for Christmas. So Andy, that's such a defeatist attitude. But yes, to be realistic (laughs) here, it might be difficult for this to arrive on christmas eve but yeah. also you can you, tell you what you can book you can buy it already for next christmas for valentine's day perfect it's it the cover's in red i have it here beside me look you're saying that the, the rocket propulsion is a, is a no-no that's very, that's very sustainable i mean it's it's think about when you look at air when you look at pl- a plane an airplane just your standard airplane let's say it's a twin engine airplane two jet engines it's carrying a lot of fuel and the fuel is carrying the wings and and other, other, there's other components, but a lot of it's carried in the wings. And when you look at the sleigh, where's it getting the fuel for to power that rocket? I'm not just thinking about the rocket itself. I'm also thinking about the fuel. Now, the only way that, that the rocket thing might work is that if, if Santa Claus employs some sort of in-flight refueling procedure, which is available via the U.S. military, because they do have aircraft that can be used for in-flight refueling. But I just think that it's just not sustainable, and it's not a good approach. So what you're saying is Christmas cheer is more probable. I would put them in the following order. Magnetic levitation, number one, 100%. Number two, not Christmas cheer, but let's say harnessing positive vibrations. Ooh, I'm thinking about good ooh. vibrations, Beach Boys. Okay? <laughs> That's what I was just and, thinking. Yeah, and then yeah, the positive vibrations would have been a long title, would have I'm thinking about positive vibrations. <laughs> and an in with the dad joke. In with it. <laughs> yeah. That should be there. And then number three, 
I would be shying away from the old rocket propulsion. You know, I, not that's not that's not the I answer. I don't know about you, Andy, but I'll take that. That that I mean, yeah, that's yeah. pretty not what I expected. <laughs> no, no, I, I I'm surprised. He he said that Elf was the movie he wanted, and sure enough. And sure Look. enough, there's there you are. I and the science in there, and also one hundred percent, one hundred a documentary, like he said. <laughs> at the start of the film, when they're going through, when you're meeting Buddy for the first time, and he's at the at the North Pole workshop, and you hear them going through the this the the different kind of things to remember as an elf. But before the guy goes through the tips as an elf, you know, remember to do this, that, and the other. He can, the opening statement that the teacher says, right before we learn how to build the microprocessors of this, that, and the other, and you look at the classroom. They're all kids. They're all super hyper intelligent. Oh. You know, and they're keeping up with, they have to keep up with it because, of course, the demands placed on Santa Claus at Christmas changes every year. You know, mm. 200 years ago, the toys were predominantly wooden. I'd say, you know, how many people get a toy that's made of wood from Santa no. Claus? Yeah, now, it's, now it's PS5. So, yeah, so the, so the elves, elves have to tra- train up and upskill. And I think the elf showed that as well. Very, very mm. nicely. They showed the mix. There were still people getting Etch-a-Sketchers, which is still a piece of plastic, of course, but they were also getting the old, um, you know, maybe xylophones and skateboards. Jack in the Box. But then they were also, and the Jack in the Box. But they were still then having to train to to meet the the technological demands of their expectant expectant kids around the world. Do you know when Sadie Claus the movie, could you ever eat a piece of candy that would make you fly? Um, there are options out there, Andy. I could go back to the ghost of, of Christmas <laughs> future. We could help you with that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> He's like, right, that is not the answer I wanted. Oh, come on, Barry, give me an answer here. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you could, if I mean, theoretically, if you eat enough beans... Well, you, Perhaps you could, you could, you could fly. Eat, you could eat something that would like lower your matter, could you? Or something like that. Look at me throwing out if terms. If you find like, something gonna... that you can eat that will lower yeah, your yeah. lower your matter, let me yeah, know. I know what you could do. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you what it is. Drink drink salted water. That'll lower your matter Ooh. for you fairly rapidly. <laughs> I mean, now, instead of seeing like this lovely, lovely thing of like John Litko and all the kids getting their candy canes, I'm thinking of that being waterboarded with bloody uh, sugar water or whatever. Salt. Said. Salt water, salt water. If you want to lower your mass, drink a whole, drink a couple of gallons of salt water. But if you made the candy canes out of salt water, and we thought, so salt water taffy, boom, salt water taffy. Barry Fitzgerald, Doc Fitzgerald has said that salt water taffy makes you fly. That's not what I said. My words have been. (laughs) Andy's Andy's going to edit out you saying twisted here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally twisted here in another direction. Right, so that is it for our first Christmas episode. We'll be back to give you just give you another little bit of slice of of Christmas science very very shortly. In case you're not home yet, in case you're still driving, the old traffic is heavy. You're at Cornell's Court. Traffic is backed up. You haven't got home yet. Don't worry, don't worry. There's another episode of this. Latch it on there. Latch it on to the next one. With of course the immortal combination of. Shall we tell him? Shall we tell him? Go, what on, go, go on, on, go on. Have something like you know. You always get one little. You always get one little Christmas gift ah. on Christmas Eve. You know. Die Hard, Home Alone. What a combo! This podcast was brought to you by The Shift. For more like this, check out theshift.ie.